What's up, everybody? Mark here. And I just want to let everybody know before the show starts that Gundam Tipico has decided to give away a Gundam XX high-grade model kit coinciding with the ending of our watch-through on the Gundam X series. So, if you want a chance to win this model kit, all you have to do is head over to Gundam Tipico's Instagram page at Gundam Tipico, spelled G-U-N-D-A-M-T-I-P-I-C-O. Give him a follow. Head over to the Zakutaku Instagram page at Zakutaku. Give us a follow. And then comment by tagging two friends on Gundam Tipico's post about the giveaway and you're entered for a chance to win. Now, the rules are fairly simple and this model kit is extremely hard to find nowadays um, along with most of the other Gundam X kits. So if you want a chance to win this elusive kit, head over to Instagram, give Gundam Tipico a follow, give us a follow at Zakutaku and comment by tagging two of your friends in the comments section of Gundam Tipico's post about the giveaway and you're entered for a chance to win. So for all of you that enter, good luck and I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you. Ladies, gentlemen, all in between and all beyond, I'm Jose, and I'm joined as always by Mark and Garcil. We thank you for joining us for a special edition of the Zakutaku Podcast. That was Balagna. It's really just your standard ZT episode yet. I digress. Today, we're going to be talking about the tragedy of Gundam X the Wise. And uh, we're going to be covering the final third of this series and the episodes consisting of it, which are episodes 27 through 39. It's been a heartfelt journey through this series. It had the near-impossible task of tying up the story with its reduced and limited episode count. Will it accomplish that in a satisfactory way? I guess we'll talk about it and find out. And with that, I'll hand it to the man of the hour, Garcil. Take us away. Yeah, I gotta say, that was actually a good intro, man. <laughs> Thanks. I did not hate it like all your other ones. <laughs> okay, so I, I know we all want to talk about the ending. We all want to talk about our favorite characters. But this batch of episodes introduced us to a few new characters, a few new factions. So let's start off with that. So, listen, I don't I don't pay attention a lot to, to this stuff. So, uh, did, were the Colony Rebels ever talked about at all, aside from, like, the early beginning because these guys pop for me these guys pop out of nowhere uh, they were t- no <laughs> wait <laughs> they, yeah the very beginning they have the they have the war against the colonies which i think is their introduction yeah and that was also 15 years ago yeah but no they never bring it up like we see remnants like dr duraz uh with the karius arc that he was a part of the colony rebels but aside from that I don't, I don't, I don't think they were ever said to still be around aside from like broken up remnants. Yeah, it's very, it's very odd because this is one of the portions where I think the lack of episodes actually comes into play and is very noticeable because this arc should have probably been a lot longer than it was, but unfortunately it was cut extremely short. I think Garad's only in space for like three or four episodes, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and which is very unique because usually the second half of a Gundam series, as as far as we've seen, um, it either starts in space, ends in Earth, or starts in Earth, ends in space, or has... Uh, Definitely has a lot longer time period. With or space. starts in space, goes to Earth, and ends up back in space. I love yeah. that. <laughs> but in that in that situation, it's still space takes up a large portion of the time, and in this, it definitely doesn't. Which I I actually give it a plus for because we do spend a lot of time on Earth, and I think that the um what it shows in space 
is that Garages goes up there and gets Tifa and then comes back, which is what he was originally planning to do. They didn't really convolute it too much. He like went up there, did what he wanted to do, and came back. So in that regard, I thought it did the space thing well. I think the only thing that really didn't work out was establishing what was his name, Lancelot. 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 Yeah. yeah. And I can uh, easily see like where where he would be like a lot more important if there were more episodes. But we'll get to them in a bit. Yeah. But aside from that, I I feel like overall I was satisfied with the 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 space portion and the colonies though. Ah. Uh, they're just, they're, yeah, they're just weird. And I don't think they were really established before this well, if they were at all. Yeah, I had no idea if colonies were even still a thing at this point. I figured they all dropped to the earth. Was they? Yeah, um, it was pretty random. Like, uh, I, 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 I don't know. There's a part of me that wants to say, like, oh, I think I heard something about the colonies being somewhat briefly mentioned here and there or something. But honestly, I'm pretty sure that's just, like, my mind playing tricks on me and wanting to be forgiving in some way of this series. But I really don't remember anything particularly heavy in terms of, like, the dialogue ever mentioning the colony or ever mentioning, you know, anything relevant, I guess, into the the modern portion of the story that suggests that they're out there or a thing or any kind of threat or have any kind of real presence. So, yeah, I'm pretty much on board with you guys and that they just kind of happened. They were just there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Right, so we mentioned them earlier. Let's go ahead and talk about our first new character. Lancero. Lance, Lancero. Uh, how do you pronounce it? Lancero. That's what it is. He doesn't say his name much. I'm pretty sure they mentioned his name, like, once. Yeah. Either or, uh, j- just like Jamil, he was in Ace for the Colony Rebels during the... What do we call that war? Holy shit. I was about Seven, to call it the one Space year. War. I was about to call it the one year war. <laughs> the seventh space With, war. In fairness, he, he not to get into it too much, he does kind of he doesn't actually. I'm not gonna get into it. I was gonna compare him to Char. Either or just like Jamil, he he a former ace, you know, all that jazz. He also starts building like a uh a connection with Tifa in their very, very, very limited engagement interaction. My bad. They don't they don't they don't get engaged. But listen, I feel it's not gonna come as a surprise to you guys that I actually like this character. And I feel he came at a time where <laughs> he had no way of disappointing me. <laughs> so <laughs> How do you like him? <laughs> he has red hair. I'll I'll tell you That's what, it? Cause, no, cause yeah. it's cause because he's a handsome man. He is very handsome. He is very Listen. handsome. I'll give that to him. Listen. I, you know, hey, you just gotta call it as you see it. He's a he's a handsome man and he's got red hair. He's just got the, you know, he's got it going. Okay. Listen, originally it was a joke where uh, Mark sent me sent us a picture of him and said I was going to have PTSD because of Chronicle. And that's probably what's forcing me to like him so much. That he's not Chronicle? That he's not Chronicle, but he has red hair and he looks cool. I do wish he piloted a better looking mobile suit, aside from this, the knockoff Quebly. This is true. But I felt his interactions with, his, again, limited interactions with everybody was fine. It was nice. It helped grow everybody else. And I can see that he was probably, if Garad, <clears throat> oh, let me start over. If the series had more episodes, if they were in space for longer, I can see him becoming the rival to Garad and helping him grow even further as a mobile suit pilot. So probably thinking, thinking about the what if is probably what makes me like him more. What do you guys think about this dude? Uh, for the most part, I, you know, like you said, he wasn't really in there for very much uh, of the time that we had. Uh, he wasn't there during the space portion and he, you know he just seems like a foil to Jamil honestly 
And I've heard some comparisons of him being like the the Shar and Jamil being the Amaro. But honestly, I kind of saw it the other way around. Whereas Jamil to me seemed more like like uh, Zeta Shar and um, Lancero kind of just seemed like Amaro. You know, like how Amaro stayed with his with the faction even though he knew that what they were doing wasn't necessarily right. Um, I'm referencing Shar's counterattack for that. And um, Jamil seems like Quattro. Because we've been we've been calling him Quattro. There's a reason. There's a reason for it. Yeah, he's definitely more of a quad. He's definitely more of a Quattro than an Amaro, I would say. But uh, Lancero, in general, yeah, he's okay. Um, he didn't really, honestly, he didn't really do much. He just kind of was there to stop Garad from destroying everything else in space. <laughs> but uh, ultimately, didn't really do a good job of that. So yeah, I mean, that's all I have to say about him. Look. <clears throat> he's a uh, he's got some cool red hair and uh he's handsome and uh very handsome yes yes indeed you gotta gotta give up the props uh but uh yeah i don't know there's really like i I can't nitpick at him in any kind of bad way because he didn't really like like you guys said he wasn't in there for long enough for you know to be disappointing (laughs) um uh but he didn't leave a huge impact other than just Pretty much, well, okay, he left a fair impact, I guess I want to say. The only thing is that his screen time is pretty limited, and that's what makes it harder (laughs) to talk about him. Like, I like it's weird because it's like it. Oh man, it's it's really bizarre that I'm at a loss for words for this guy. Like, all I have really have to say is like, uh, he's cool. He's uh, he's there, you know. Because he doesn't have any kind of character defects other than um, he's on a faction that's opposing, you know, our main character, which by default, for the most part, usually gets us going as like, you know, regular viewers like, oh, yeah, get him, Garodo. And uh, obviously he's on the opposite side. So we're cheering for Garodo against him, unfortunately. But other than that, he just he doesn't necessarily have a lot to him. Uh, he, the biggest thing that he does, I guess, is just play into the character of, of Jamil and, uh, little bits, I, uh, little bits with, uh, with, uh, Garodo. Um, so I guess we should actually say that, um, this character's backstory is established when we first meet him and he is the, so in one scene at the beginning of the series, we see, uh, Jamil fighting the en- the rival faction and fire off the satellite cannon. And there's like an enemy mobile suit in that scene as well. That's like, I think it's like directing the colonies to fall or fighting Jamil while the colonies are falling. And that's, um, and then shoots Jamil's, uh, Gundam X's head off. And that's Lance Rowe. So he's like Jamil's rival, which is why be the honest, sh- Mark, I feel that became Lanthro. I don't. I. I honestly feel that was not planned at that point. I don't know. This series is really well planned out, and I feel like if they decided on Garad going to space, having that character already there would have made sense to me. It's just that they didn't have enough time to really do what they wanted to do with him because he does seem like he was probably gonna be a turncoat or something, just based on his dialogue and uh-huh. how how he's like shown in the series. Is he's like he's constantly debating whether or 
or not what they're doing is right. And he's teaming up with these other characters that are opposing the, the colonies. So I feel like there was setting something up where maybe him and Jamil rectify their differences and join up um, to fight or to kind of make a stance that the colonies and the earth, which are represented by Jamil and Lance Rowe, can work together. Yeah, that's like where where I felt his character was going. Like you said, though, unfortunately, it's just the time constraints. They just didn't allow for a lot of stuff to happen. Like the little bits that we do see of him, the most memorable parts are pretty much, or extended portions, I should say, are pretty much when he's fighting against Garad in space, and um, pretty much when they all meet up again at like during the final battle, and you know when they all meet in the domo or the dome. Uh, other than that, it's just like it bounces around with his character in that uh you see him for a split second he makes a few comments that are he definitely throws out some good stuff but you see him for that moment and then it like switches to another scene so it just doesn't really give you a lot of time to like digest or or really burn him into your brain in any kind of like substantial way the the best way to really remember him is just like the effects that he has on others like like jameel and garad but uh yeah he's i like the effect that he does have on them i like his little uh his rivalry with jameel He's like his, uh, the other side of Jamil's coin, so to speak. And uh, I thought that was interesting. I thought that was cool to see. He's pretty much like him and no, it's pretty much ultimately him. But then the other guy becomes enlightened and that he's the, he's pretty much the only one on the on the colony that is not, um, you know, a bird with its head in the sand like everybody else. He's, you know, like you said, actively questioning whether what they're doing is right and all that kind of stuff and has his doubts um, even up to towards the very end. And, uh, you know, I guess that is definitely important to mention and that that's important to really take in from his character. It's just really unfortunate that we didn't get enough time with him to, like, see any anything more. But, yeah, the history behind his character and the rivalry with Jamil, it's really cool. And to see them, like, uh, basically be cool with each other in the end is very satisfying. So, one more thing before we move to another character. Uh, so, he is a former new type. He lost his powers. Yes. Like Jamil. Oh. Yeah, also, also, when did Jamil lose his powers? I thought, can, can he still do the tele, tele, telepath, telepathy thing? No. He lost his powers yeah, I, after the I war. I don't think so. I, I'm, I, I thought he, uh, communicated telepathically with Tifa at one point. No. But it, like, destroyed his brain, and he's, like, bleeding out of his ear. Oh. Ah. Yeah, he was bleeding out of his ear, so It just puts him on a great in a like a huge strain it doesn't mean they're gone i don't know dude I, I, the whole new types losing their power is kind of weird it is honestly. but also the whole everybody in space is a new type is also weird yeah <laughs> they really switched it up for this series it's pretty refreshing honestly all right so next character policis so she uh he's cute mm. i guess you dude like she pilots that. the g falcon it's fucking so cool the falcon's so cool dude yo not with that haircut she <laughs> okay cute. It, for, for real though for real so policis was uh an orphan like right at the tail end of the what was it again mark the seventh space war <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, she was a refugee. Her parents died, and uh, she was taken in by what are they called again? The Telecon, <laughs> another faction that we will not get into. <laughs> it's another faction we will not get into because they fucking die the exact same episode. All of them. They fuck the whole thing just gets wiped out. Literally the episode we meet them. Either she's a pilot. She pilots a G Falcon. G Falcon sick. It combines with the double X. 
It combines with every other Gundam. And that is also the main issue. It combines a few times with Double X and it combines once with the Leopard. Yes. And I, we never see it again afterwards. Oh, but we're talking about Palisys first. What do you guys think about her? So I think at she's first cool. I thought they were going to pull the same old trope. Which is, I, I thought they're, I thought they're gonna pull the whole. They're gonna the, give another love interest to Garage. No, 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 not that. I thought they were gonna pull <laughs> the. Oh, she's my long lost space sister, and my mom was actually, and my dad were a mechanic, and they built the gun. And I thought they were gonna uh. do that whole thing, but they didn't. Like, cause she does, she has the same color hair, the same like style eyes, and the same like. Oh, no, kinda... dude, her eyes are gigantic. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> I know, but even for anime, I thought that was weird. <laughs> It was really odd, especially since her face and her hair make her like whole head look round, like just really round with these huge round eyes. But luckily they didn't go that route and she's just a character. She's just like the the foil to Garad being like an orphan on 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 Earth. She's the orphan in space. So she's kind of there to tell everybody, hey, it was it's the same up there as it is down here. So um every side is was affected by the war, not just Earth. Although Earth was pretty destroyed. Then they say there was like what they say, like ninety eight million people left and out of like ten billion. Yes. So a lot of people died. But um other than that, I think her personality is is good. Usually I'm not too fond of the of the of her care what was that the spunky girls yeah like she's like alan b but better maybe that's because <laughs> we didn't get to see uh get <laughs> to experience her the lack too of much. the lack of episodes worked for her <laughs> honestly i i thought it was nice They're, they are the same age but it was nice seeing like an older sister teasing the younger brother yeah and uh yeah she does tease him a lot and she does she looks older i thought she was older but um she's the same age maybe like a year I'm pretty sure they're both. 15. She's the same age. She just looked older. They they straight up. Um, she straight yeah, up it was, says it. I think. She was, yeah. She's been like the the space garage. But uh, yeah, she's a she's definitely a, a welcome addition to the crew. I don't have any real issues with her, and I think that she brings a something that was missing. That you know, spunky female character but overall yeah i mean she's she's an all right addition i didn't have any issues with her i I thought for a second that it was going to be weird to integrate a a character like that this far into the series knowing that there's only you know so so few episodes left but it ended up working out in the end for me personally and yeah i didn't have any issues with it so why exactly is there any other reason i guess that you thought that they might like be related like in terms of or was it just purely the story and how, like, it's gone, like, in terms of the trend, like, oh, you know, a uh, sibling that long lost sibling or something, or I don't know what but that you said earlier, but was there any other reason as just to you, why you thought? It's just that nope. they made, like, it's just, it just happens all the time. And she, like, knew exactly where he was after he was almost going to blow up. And I'm like, ah, it's kind of weird. It's kind of <laughs> interesting. How did she know he was there? They have, like, some... Was she like a new type sister or something? I don't know, but it ended up not being that, <laughs> which was good. Like a Luke and Leia Empire Strikes Back type of thing at the end. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's understandable. That's 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 an interesting take. Uh, very welcome too. I was like, I didn't think of that at all. I was like, I think they they both have different colored hair, so I was like, it didn't even cross my mind, but. Yeah, that's it's similar. Cool. Yo, but what about the G Falcon though? So G Falcon, cool. I mean, the the G Defensor too. <laughs> that's why I like it, dude. <laughs> so cool. A U G Defensor. Cots. The Cots. Cots's death machine. No, his Cots's coffin. Oh my god. 
He was he was he went bring out. Up caught what like five theories after yeah. his death. He went out yes. like I'm going on a trip in my favorite rocket ship, <laughs> and then he never came back. <laughs> I... <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, Paula Sis. Um, she was pretty cool. I liked her spunkiness. Uh, I liked the attitude that she brought to the crew. Well, she didn't really bring so much like a like a bitchy attitude or anything like that. She was just really uh, fun, I guess I want to say. So um, to have her bounce off in terms of like the interaction with specifically the chief or the kid, you know, the mechanic, the little genius, their interactions were pretty hilarious. Um, you know, when she's running, when he's running around and running away from her and she's following him, trying to catch him. And, and, uh, he's, he's like, no, she is yelling about like, he, he upgraded my, my G Falcon without my permission. You know, little things like that make it funny, make it lighthearted. And it's a welcome addition. Um, you know, just, just to the, the overall. Hmm? No, what was the thing she said to kid? You're, you're thing? pretty ugly, but your skills are good. Yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> See, she's, she's honest. And then the kid's honest too. He just straight let her have it too. He was like, uh, I'm not really thrilled about having... good hearing that from a butch gal. I wasn't going to say that part, but. <laughs> that's what he said. That, that is, is exactly what he said. I am quoting. All right. I already that called her true. cute. So that is true. That is true. But yeah, no, they were they were all fun. They were fun in games, and uh, she sticks with him in the end. That's cool. Um, you know, uh, she's just chilling. And oh, she's a really good partner to Garodo. Like they were, they were a pretty good duo. They were helping each other out. They were really cool with each other. They had um, friendly interactions. It wasn't anything toxic. Like I feel like we've seen some toxic relationships before in the past in terms of like friends like that. Although like I don't really want to say Alan B. She wasn't that toxic or anything. I guess she was only toxic to the it was toxic looking immediate. Wow. <laughs> she she was toxic you to the relationship she's a homewrecker damn to the relationship between uh domon and rain whereas um whereas uh tifa no tifa um whereas she was actually super welcoming of paula so that was really cool that was like a different thing to see that was nice and wholesome to watch um and then and then paula straight up she's like sh- straight outing tifa she's like she's like yeah you only feel comfortable with garodo and uh and tifa she caught tifa blushing she got her like a tomato it was cute it's also it's- for the record she was teasing she wasn't like outing her as like um uh, in a no, mean way she was i know teasing. i know I know, dude. They're teasing, dude. That's what they do. That's how they have fun. No, Everybody but I'm teases. I'm pointing it out because the way you kind of said it made it seem like she was no, doing no, no, it no. to be mean. She's not. She, yeah, I know. We we know she's not horrible like that. Everybody. That's what I like about this series. You know, not to go, not to go off. Just a quick comment about the overall series. That's something that I really like about this series is that everybody's willing to like kind of tease each other. It's just really fun to see and really refreshing. You know, considering like that the whole Gundam, so- like most of the Gundam franchise, is pretty much like drab, intense warfare where everybody's getting mopey and sad, and and uh, just death is happening all over the place. Like, it's just really refreshing to see something like that. Um, and I feel like it comes off lighthearted in the right way, not like some kind of cheesy, campy way. Not to say that that's anything bad. You know, there's series that do that well, and they're to themselves like G Gundam. But it's really cool to see that. And I like um, how she pretty much, how Paula pretty much just jumped 
into the cast and immediately felt like she fit in. It was great. Especially, like, considering that it was, like, really late game. It's really, uh, I was happy with how they pulled it off. But yeah, that's, those are my thoughts. Alright, so, let's, we'll talk about the characters as a whole in a little bit. I want to talk about the ending. At the very least, the lead up to the ending. So, once again, this is a cancelled series. It It was our biggest fear that they were going to drop the ball with the ending. How do you guys feel about it? Oh, man. You really... <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going straight in, dude. I'm going straight in. We should at least very much mention where the ending takes place. Okay. Uh, so, Dome. Uh, Jose, you brought it up once before. So, Mark, do you want to explain what Dome was? Because I, I didn't really understand it myself. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, we see the, the lunar laser, the lunar satellite system, throughout the whole series. And I was always wondering, who the heck is turning this thing on? Like, obviously... There was some new type shenanigans going on, and that's why it was activating. But uh, but somebody had to have been receiving the signal or maintaining that lunar base because one of my major questions I had watching the beginning of the show, I'm like, why don't they just? I think I didn't I say like, why don't they just piccolo it and blow up the moon? <laughs> yeah. You did not bring that up. Actually. Oh. Well, I was no, thinking to myself, why don't they just pull a piccolo? Why don't they just pull a piccolo and blow up the moon? Because obviously this thing is a major threat, and they're um. Well, and- you see, Mark, <laughs> Dragon Ball doesn't work in the similar uh, realms of physics as what Gundam would do. As, as Gundam would be a lot more similar. Well, they already blew up Earth, the Earth. Though. They already blew up the Earth. No, they uh they uh, laid waste to it. Okay. Uh, regardless of that, I was just curious as to why the uh why they didn't do something to the the station on the moon. So come to find out in the ending and the last like two episodes that this lunar facility is being patrolled by the bit units that we saw throughout the series um that were controlled by the for the record have we ever actually talked about the bit units i don't know i don't think they're controlled (laughs) they're controlled by the flash system and they're mobile suits that are like bits but they're whole suits so you you know like uh oh they're way better when i say bits i mean something like the uh Funnels. funnels yeah so they're those but they're entire mobile suits that can be controlled by a new type that is using a flash system so this is uh on the moon and it's being protected by these bit mobile suits and that's why no one can blow it up um so our crew heads there and come to find out there is this like the first new type is what they call it it's like this conscious sphere of light that is like talking to them all and it's telling it was originally a person i I, I guess originally a person (laughs) So I I think it was the Federation or whatever spliced him into the base. So now he exists all around the base or something like that. It's just, it's really awkward. I think they, this is one of the times when the, the lack of episodes kind of shows a little bit, but anyways, he it's, it's so this is the most difficult thing in the world to explain. This is more difficult to explain than new type dolphins. This thing, this entity, this first new type is like telling them, if you don't, if you don't say the word new type, new types don't exist. If you just, I think he's trying to say, if you get rid of the, the word new type and the, the, the thought of a new type and kind of putting new type on a pedestal, then you give the new, word power. Yeah. Then a new type just essentially just becomes like somebody who's a new type, like Tifa just becomes a normal individual. If you get rid of the With word psychic powers. Yeah. But like it's, uh, it, it, it would make it common or not something that 
people see as special, just something people see as like, you know, there's another person and they have, you know, abilities, but in the end, they're just a person. They're not a tool. They're not a weapon. They're not uh, higher than now. They're just a person who had, who's like in this state. And that's what it's, it's trying to convey to you as a viewer. It's just very, it's just very odd because that doesn't make any sense. Like this person is obviously height. Like they're, they're definitely not an average individual. They're somebody with powers, but I get where it's coming from. And I can kind of, I can kind of respect what it's it's trying to say. Like people are different. And if you just treat everyone with equally with respect, then, and don't see them for how they look or what they can do or whatever, then they're just other, they're just no other people, which is, a good message to put out, but um, this part's rushed and it's very weird. It's it's it, it's reminiscent of the Amaro and Lala Soon interaction. <laughs> oh my god! Where it's like a weird, like psychedelic. It's not to that extent because we can actually understand what the the dome character is trying to say uh, for the most part. And I'm pretty sure if we look back, we could figure out what Amaro and Sala interaction was. But it's much more clear in the in the dome interaction. Dude, but that's what that- I can draw that's, comparison that's to a, that's a series from the 70s right isn't it or no is it from yeah. the 80s? late 70s yeah late see, 70s perfect 79 see everybody was taking lsd at the time so tomino was oh probably like you know oh he was probably <laughs> pretty sure we made that joke when we were talking about it. <laughs> no 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 but see and now this one uh now it's getting to the more you know the the <laughs> the more common thing nowadays in which you know people are talking about labels that's what i really felt with this like with this whole ending portion is that it really kicked in on the label of new type and kind of like the whole series uh in that new type has been handled pretty much as like a scientific term to identify a certain type of person or individual or individuals um whereas this series kind of put it just like pretty much just turned it into a label it's like this series was a little bit ahead of its time it kind of makes sense a lot now you know considering the modern day context of stuff like that i don't know this this uh, whole bit kind of really got my sociology brain kicking in it's pretty interesting it's a pretty unique take and uh you know they saw the future new types are an illusion i finally got my answer as to what a new type is yes they're after an illusion. however 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 many long however long we've been doing this when mark was explaining how uh the how dome explained new type it kind of reminded me of like this uh morgan freeman racist quote not like the quotes oh not my racist, god like, <laughs> when he's Mark talking about race or something <laughs> <laughs> hey i'm just referencing something it, it really gets the mind like you know picking in on other stuff it's interesting because even like a light-hearted series like this is kind of able to shake your brain in certain ways see this series this series has got it going on this is like uh, this is some thought-provoking stuff and it's entertaining not like victory anyway <clears throat> wow you gotta, yeah. gotta just keep throwing that jab and don't you heck yeah dude the thing is trapped anyway um yeah good stuff fun stuff uh yeah okay so in the end, I want to talk about what we would give it. Give the ending a grade wise. I'm gonna start off because I I'm pretty sure I know one of uh, one major thing both of you guys want to talk about. So knowing that this ending is rushed, knowing what they had to work with, and how I feel about the ending, I would give this an A, A minus, because I do feel it does wrap up everything well enough, aside from one issue that I'm gonna let you guys talk about. Whoever wants to go first, go. I would give this ending a B plus. I think that it does a good job at satisfying whatever you're trying to, whatever loose ends you have with the series are are tied up, except for the two very major issues. But if those weren't a factor in, in my decision, I would give this series a B plus. Jose, 
Um, uh, it's really, like, I don't know. It's kind of tough for me to say because, well, let me clarify. I liked it. I, I thought the ending was good. Um, I would give it, you know, on my worst days, I would give the series a B. And at best, I would give it a B plus in terms of the ending. I think it's good. I think I'm mostly leaning towards that B plus though, like Mark, because like he said, it, it ties a lot of the stuff up in terms of the story. It does a good job. The only thing that I have to nitpick are just like a few certain things and two very big glaring issues. Um, but, uh, it's, it's pretty good. And like I said, before we never talk about this again, and we just start talking about those two glaring issues, those two little things that I'm like kind of looking at is just like, um, like a certain, wait, we're going to talk about the ending anyway, right? Yes. Not... Okay, then. Never mind. I'll mention it then. <laughs> but yeah, All right. plus. Well, geez, Jose, Mark, what are the two glaring issues you have with this? <laughs> All right. So. I'm pretty sure it's going to be no secret. The two glaring issues are, obviously... The Frost Brothers survive. The Frost Cucks. Yeah. So, again, I don't want to bring up victory as often. In victory, Katagina survives. And we all had an issue with that. For a different reason. For, for a different reason. Yeah. This time around, the Frost Brothers survive. Again. But... <laughs> For me, I don't have an issue with it. I didn't I didn't care for them. I didn't like them. They are alive. All right. Fuck it. Whatever. But for you guys, what is the main issue? My main issue with the Frost Brothers being alive, you know, it's not like, oh, they're Jared, so they should have died. They're trash. They're trash pilots. They ran away all the time. That's not my main issue with why they should have died. I feel like they should have died because they literally didn't learn a single thing that entire time. They, to the very bitter end of this series, the last episode where I thought they died, they were still talking about how their master plan and and they don't care about what everyone else thinks. They're going to, you know, they're going to use the satellite cannon to disrupt every, all the peace issues and whatever that's happening. They just want war. And you know the reason why? The the justification for this is the worst thing I've ever heard. It's because they were, what, bullied? Is that what pretty much what it was? Like, oh, uh, they pretty much what amounted to it. Yes. Uh, we're not new types. We're F types, which means we were, we're worse. And they made fun of us for not being new types. They didn't give us the special toy and we didn't get the, the first class C because we were F types. So we're going to blow up the earth or like not blow up the earth, but make war happen again and destroy everyone's lives because we're petty. They're, they're petty little cretins that didn't learn anything in the end. If they would have learned something in the end, I would have had um, um, less of an issue with them surviving. But the fact that they, that at the end, they are still sitting in the background, stalking Garad. <laughs> yes. Okay, now that you put up the stalking part, I, I didn't even think that. I just thought they were in the same town. Holy why, shit, they might actually be stalking you. Why, yeah. why the fuck are they there? <laughs> it's, it's, Jose, go. I, that's all, I, I'm just, you know. Wait, are we Smart ranting about too them? too angry. Are we ranting about them? Pretty much. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. All right. You're, you're, all, right. all right. You know what to do. Let's Keep do it under it. an hour. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Shag your girl and uh, Oba fucking suck, dude. They're horrible characters. They're trash. Nobody likes them. They're just... I don't know. They're dumb. Uh, definitely the worst characters in this series and some of the worst antagonists alongside Jared 
in the series, but worse. Um, like, they fucking make Mr. Wong from G Gundam look like a, a tactical genius with with uh, balls of steel. And then these these two pendejos put, you know, put together, they don't even stack up to Mr. Wong. They just suck that bad. Okay, these guys literally spend the first few episodes constantly sending people out to go take out the double X. And they're just like, they're, they're like... Just like, oh, we'll give you a two rank promotion if you're able to kill the double X. Who fuck, d- dude? Why do they? What does everybody fucking want that so bad that they're willing to die all the freaking time? What's our signature catchphrase, Mark? Oba, retreat. <laughs> That's so stupid. That's the dumbest shit ever. They just keep doing that and they, over and over and over again. They like do it like at least like four or six times. It's so dumb. Uh, and then didn't they say, yeah, they'd say in the beginning that they were going to defeat Jared. Like, oh, we're going to defeat Jared. you for our honor. Or not Jared. Sorry. Garodo. They, they were going to defeat um, him to, like, save their honor or for their honor or some shit like that. And now they're just sending a bunch of randos uh, with that, that dumb two-rank promotion thing to, like, do it for them. How does that oh, help let me, them? Let me piggyback off you. That whole sequence was literally redundant. Didn't Nothing matter. amounted out of that whole thing. And when they finally achieve their goal, which is trying to find someone who can be a new type to defeat Garod and use the Flash system, and the, this guy has potential and he's willing to work with them, they just kill him for no reason. Exactly. Like, I don't there, even know there what. There is a reason. There's no, no reason. No, they they want to get tr- rid of all the new types. They want to be the only new types so that they're that their shit can go on by being like oh we weren't selected to be it but now we're the only ones left how do you guys feel about that it's, again it's still petty it's stupid but there was a reason a stupid reason but there was dumb. a reason it's so dumb i hate them <laughs> i i absolutely hate them i think they're the worst characters like this show is so good it's yes. so good that these ca- that these characters all although I hate them a lot I don't think they're worse than Shakti yeah but I hate them and and they don't bring the show like they they bring it down it's still a B it's still in the B area and being a rush show a B area but they definitely bring it down an entire like grade level like not entire grade but like you know from a B plus to a B minus or a B because of that bad. And the ending with them living in stocking garage is that bad. It's so stupid. Dude, and that guy that they, they killed off, the new type, that guy was beasting too. That guy was shredding them. I couldn't believe how well he was doing by himself. He was shredding the Freedon and Garad and everybody coming at him. Like, he was handling them. And then they freaking kill him when he was he was about to accomplish what they've been trying to accomplish the whole time. That just seems so stupid. The whole schmick is just basically them being salty as fuck, you know, being rejected as new types because they couldn't use the flash system and they just wanted revenge. Oh, so dumb. You know, one of them looks like Wu Fei too, so he pisses me off. You know, that old guy. Uh, he the he also looks like Trey's. I ain't feeling it. Um, so you know. <sighs> He's he's fucking sucks. You know, I guess he's they just run away all the time. Dude, he's the freaking offspring of he of uh, Wolfie's dream to get freaking dumbed by uh, Trey's and you know be made his papi. Like (laughs) fucking gross. These guys are just turds, dude. Yeah, these are the new benchmark like villains. Like Shakti's the benchmark main character. Yes, for how trash he can be. These are the. such a low bar these are the these are the <laughs> benchmark villains like how trash can you be like it was probably like chronicle or jared before but now it's these idiots 
I hate them. They're just <laughs> the worst characters in the entire show by far. Like, there's not even anyone comparably bad uh, to them. Like, you have all these expectations. Like, they could, I feel like they could have done so much with them. Like, have one of them die and then one of them awaken the new type power. That would have been cool, you know? But they don't because they're trash. Yeah. And they're like, oh, these guys are, these guys are meant to be trash, which is kind of, you know, it's like, okay, they don't do anything crazy with them because they're garbage. You know, even, even in uh, every gold mine that, that is, uh, there are, or, uh, there are animals lurking around, uh, rats, and in this case, just these two rats leaving their uh, rat feces all over the place, and that's in this series, unfortunately. But, you know, it's still a gold mine for the most part. But yeah, these guys just suck. Damn. <laughs> that, that, was, that was a lot more than I was expecting. That That's actually what I was expecting, not gonna lie. I feel like I know when you guys are gonna rant about these characters. <laughs> Alright, so, let's go ahead and talk about the endings for every other character that we actually do like. I'll, I'll let you guys have a pick. Who do you guys want to start off with? Uh, let's just... Let's just jump into. I'll tell you. Want to get who we should end with? We should end with Tonya. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of would have thought you'd want to start with that. Oh, All right, let, let's go ahead. For last. How, how should we start this? So, in the lead up to the ending, we do see all the characters trying to uh, oh, what's the word? Establish their relationships. I guess That's, that that would probably be the end. So we see we see our boy Roy B. He confessed. He confessed. <laughs> Actually, should we we should give everything that happened to Roy B since he actually had a pretty big arc in this. Yeah, let's talk about Roy B. All right, so Roy B gets a gets a pretty good arc in this. I I would say a pretty good arc. Aside from an upgraded Gundam, how do you guys feel about Roy B's little arc and his uh? <laughs> All right, listen. His sex in, in the last episode of the last bat. Yes. <laughs> in the last episode, we see him eyeing a pianist, and then yeah. what happens in the literal first episode that we start watching he at he uh he, he uh what is it what did you say he's at her he's, house he's yeah at her house. so apparently this girl was a uh, apparently this woman was also a rebel fighter for uh whatever town they were in and uh roiby just does not get a good luck with women because what happens she gets shot he was taking the test and she got two to the chest <laughs> that was good what now <laughs> Was it two? Either or. or did this she just result... get... Whatever. Uh, she just got shot once. <laughs> okay, so it's good though. <laughs> Either or, seeing her die and then seeing the uh, the rebel fighters pretty much sacrifice themselves so Roy B can go back to the Freedom <clears throat> resolves them to be more... Uh... Bloodlusted? Sure. Either or, how do you guys feel about his little, his little arc? Yeah, that's the thing about the series. It always does something well, except for the Frost Brothers. <laughs> because because we got the, the episode with Roy B and Wits, and we saw that Roy B had, you know, an issue where he was just, I, he was pretty much having relentless, lustful endeavors with women. Yes. Um, be, to try and, uh, to try and shake off the, the sorrow of losing the one that he like truly wanted to be with, apparently. Or that's what I that's what I interpreted from the whole situation. Like he's just sleeping around to try and get that feeling off of his chest, or to try and find some connection with people because he lost the one person he felt like he had a connection with. And you know, he finally meets somebody, and she can see through him, 
And, you know, it's kind of like he he finally realizes, you know, I just got to do what, what my heart tells me to do and not run away from situations that might make me feel uncomfortable or might make me feel like, like, I felt like similar to Garad at the beginning, like he doesn't want to make connections with anybody because he doesn't want to lose them. Or them to you know not be with him anymore, and in this in this episode, the the beginning episode that we watched, and the beginning little arc with him that we watched, he comes to terms with the fact that these are his friends. They need his help, and he can't just sit idly by and do nothing while you know they're they're doing what they needed to do. So I liked how that went. I was actually invested in his story. I didn't know whether or not the well, I, I figured they were going to make him come back to the. The freedom. I just didn't know the to the extent of which they were going to have that happen, and like killing off a love interest that he was like hanging out with for what seemed like several days to weeks was, you know, it was pretty heartbreaking to see him. And he actually like broke down, which we haven't seen him do before, like show emotion. Well, kind of when he was at the gravesite, but we also see it here I, too. Even then, I, I wouldn't say that was like that much of an emotion. Yeah, when he, when he was at the gravesite. Yeah, but right now he's like he's like like bawling tears, and then you know gets the resolve to go back and help out the Frieden. And he even like we've always seen him take really good care of the, the Leopard, and he find he he finally helps out his team and gets the whole thing destroyed, which was you know showed something. I'm, I'm gonna be honest, that sequence was actually pretty cool. It was pretty badass. I'm also gonna be honest. I I kind of thought Roybe was gonna die, and that's at that point. I. Roybe seemed like the character. If any of these characters were gonna die, it was gonna be Roybe, and I kind of thought that there was a there was a small bit of fear in me that maybe that was gonna be when he died. But that's just me. Was okay. Um. <laughs> well, I mean, Roybe can add a railed pianist to his list. Um. I don't know if that was something that he hadn't already come across or not, but uh, now we know for sure that he did. Anyway, um, it's funny. I, I kind of, <laughs> I found it a little bit humorous how he uses, like, sex to bum at chicks' homes. He's like a gigolo. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I couldn't deny this. <laughs> uh, he's just, he's hoeing around. He's throwing out the booty just so he could get the, get a home for a sec. Or for a night. <laughs> and he's like, he's like a sweet talking or two. Like, oh, you know, you're great and all this kind of stuff. And... Oh, here's some coffee and breakfast is almost ready. Like, damn, this guy really wants to stay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. So I just felt like throwing that in. But, you know, his arc uh, was pretty interesting. I was like you said, Mark, um, that's something that this show definitely does well, is that it, it starts you off in a certain place with the, with the characters and then it actually leads you somewhere. Like certain other series, they kind of just like... They'll give you, like, a hint um, of certain characters, like, backgrounds and stuff, or what they're feeling. Or, no, actually, to be honest, it's mostly just, like, background stuff, and then something just clicks in the modern day. Whereas, or, like, you know, modern to the time frame of when the series is happening. But in this series, we see things are actively happening in their lives, right? Like, in the, in the there and now. And you see that progress, you see the fruits of that labor of, and of that journey. And uh, you pretty much like explained like that whole uh, beginning arc thing really well. So I kind of want to jump into like pretty much like the outcome of that. Like you said, um, picking off exactly where you ended in that he goes crazy. Like 
with the leopard and Rexid basically trying to fight, uh, you know, and save basically his team. And he's really impassioned. He's really like fired up. And that's really cool to see, it, especially with seeing how reserved he was. Like, he wasn't wanting to talk to anybody. He was super vague a lot of the times. Not even when he's, like, to himself, like, at the gravesite. When we, like, when we saw that he was like, oh, you know, you were my, my best girl in the previous episodes. Um, he was still really vague, even at that moment. Like, yeah, they were, like, showing little shed, little pieces of his character. But there's still, you know, there was that vague amount of dialogue that he was just throwing out. But now you just see it in his actions and that he's like, he's super fired up. He's going in, he's trying to protect the, the Frieden. He's trying to protect his boys uh, and gals. And he's just, um, he doesn't, it's like he doesn't care about himself. It's like he found a new self, a new, uh, new bit of selflessness to him, which is something that was very contrary to what ha what he was before because you know even the chick who has a name the pianist uh her name was Urena. like you're in yes yes you're in a um you know she tells him straight up hey you know you're living really selfishly essentially is what she told him um and he it, he really took that to heart and it really hit home when he when she died and you see that in the way that he fights for his comrades and in the way that he proceeds from then on like even after he's like He's throwing fits when the Leopard is not ready to go out into combat. You know, he's kind of like acting like a baby and kicking shit because he's frustrated he can't take his Gundam out to back up uh, Wits and Garodo against that uh, old new type guy. Um, pretty sure it was the one that was like shredding the Frieden and them. The one that those fucking idiots killed, which would have been very Able. useful. Anyway, yeah. Um, so he was just really frustrated and it was really interesting to see these kind of colors on him. Like, but sometimes, no, I don't really, I don't think we really saw him get frustrated, like at any point before. He's always been pretty calm. Yeah. There was only one time where he got angry at Sala. I mean, that, that's like the, that was just completely new. Yeah. Well, like when, uh, Char got angry at, uh, Homan. Yeah. Which I think we, I think, Jose, you, you made that joke, uh, you made that reference in the last part for yeah. the exact same scene. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you know, he was, when he got mad at, at Sala, um, that's, not, I don't know. I don't even know whether to take that so much as like us, like now thinking about it retro, like retroactively speaking, um, whether to take that so much as a character kind of thing. Now I'm starting to feel like he was like, he was just desperate for some booty and there wasn't any around, so. Considering that he's like a he's like a slut, but um, now wow. he he's just <laughs> he's really he's really passionate. He's found his resolve and uh, he's trying to get shit done. It's really cool to see, and it's really cool to see um, like the, a character arc come full circle in a very satisfactory way. Especially considering um, how they do it in terms of the story for this series, because like they just take little bits and pieces and moments like that. Well, I mean, it was a whole episode dedicated to them, to both him and Wits, but they took that one episode that was pretty much split in half between them, and they gave us good arcs for both characters, good understanding, good development. It was just well-written, it was um, well-executed. Honestly, personally, um, I want to say that it's even kind of done better than some of the characters that are, like, in G, and they get, like, multiple episodes together but that series is kind of more broken up and has like each character getting their own episode but considering that and considering that they get more i think that it's really impressive how this series is able to you know accomplish a feat like that because you know 
considering it had everything going against it. So, you know, I, I enjoyed Roy B's character. Although, I'm not gonna lie, he, he got cucked in the end. Uh, or I guess he's just a cuck because... <laughs> oh, wow, dude. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stop it off right then and there. So, as we were saying, after the Leopard got destroyed, uh, it gets fixed up at some, uh, after a bit. Uh, he gets upgraded to the the heavy arms. <laughs> yes. We've already we've already made the comparison to the heavy arms when we originally saw the leopard. And I'm sad. It's not. And this time anymore. in the upgraded form, it's now red. It's uh, straight up. Yeah. The fucking heavy arms. Bug. <laughs> okay, that aside. So. As everybody's heading into space, re- pretty much ready to die, more or less, uh, Roy B confesses to Sala, and, uh, well, well. He gets rejected. Exactly. So, so later on, Sala... Well, it's actually kind of vague, more he so gets, than rejected. He gets put on the Do- back. Doesn't he straight up say, he doesn't he straight up say that she's also waiting for an answer, and to give him an answer after she gets hers? Yes! That's why yeah. he's a cuck! But that's... Yeah, so, uh... He's willing to be second... <laughs> well he's willing to wear listen, he doesn't end up with Sala. That, that's that's the main thing we can say so in, in the end we see him with a kneel Nothing yeah i don't know about that i can't I, <laughs> yeah. I can't tell if they're actually a couple no or if they're just like together at, during that scene they're just chilling dude they're just netflix and chilling everybody's got to find that somewhere wow. you know that's just it just happens you know they just know each other it works out they're uh well i don't know yeah it just works out for them either or if they were supposed to be a couple a few episodes extra would have helped establish that because i'm pretty sure they have literally no interaction with each other yeah i don't think they were a couple me neither well i guess they were visiting both of their friends yes yeah that's how i took it yeah so did i yo but who does Saul end up with (laughs) Jamil Bidan. <laughs> so, so yes. There, I'll say right now, there isn't much to say about Sala aside from that she ends up with Jamil and she ends up as the uh, secretary. No, I guess his second, second in command, command. second in command as to what Jamil puts. Yeah. Well, I thought when Jamil said my partner, I thought like literally this. Oh, this is my uh, this is my wife, my girlfriend. That's, whatever. that's what I thought. That's what I thought too. Yeah. Either way, Jamil ends up being the uh, the head of the Federation. Yeah. <laughs> that dude, he's not afraid to give her the bedroom eyes right in front of everybody. That's nuts. That's wild. <laughs> he does end up taking off his sunglasses, which uh, it's so and- weird. It's so weird looking. <laughs> After thirty nine episodes of seeing him with his sunglasses even when he at right after having surgery seeing him without him is, is very weird but i i'm kind of i'm that's one of the things i'm satisfied with like his ending it makes sense like he he's a in the series they establish him as like a vulture but he definitely is more so he, he's more political than the other the other vultures that we saw throughout the series he definitely has an agenda and i feel like him being in control of whatever earth sphere they have or federation or whatever it is it's kind of what he was leading up to all along so i i'm happy with that well i honestly thought he was gonna die that's what i was literally from the yeah the moment we met him i assumed he was gonna die i'm glad he didn't honestly uh 
uh, what's the word? Uh, curbing expectations? Is that the term? Uh, subverting? <laughs> subverting expectations. Yeah. I, I mean, I, th- I think it's nice. I think it's weird that he is the Federation leader. I would have thought like he'd establish his own because I feel like the Federation has a bad name to it now. Yeah, makes sense. So, are we officially talking about Jamil now or not? So- still Sala? <laughs> No, dude. No, we're talking about uh, Lance Rowe. <laughs> Lance okay. Rowe ends up being the uh, Colony Rebels leader. Well, okay. they're not the Colony Rebels anymore. <laughs> they're Zeon. The Principality of Zeon. Uh, yeah, so they talk about Jameel. To, I had something good to say, but then... Uh, I freaking brain Don't be blaming me. Well, well, let's see. Since I uh, didn't appropriately say anything about Sala, I literally have no notes written on her. I, d- I really don't have much to say about her. Um, here's, here's what I can say. It's very brief. She really mellowed out from the beginning for the most part. And uh, I was cool with that. And I really like her design. I like her bob, short haircut. She's very pretty. You know, if she had more character to her, I'd probably simp. But unfortunately, she lacks that. And uh, when it comes to Jamil, I thought that he basically said no to her. And I thought that he was going to die because of that. Like when they're in the elevator. <laughs> I, when they're in no, the elevator. Yeah. Power. It was up till then <laughs> that I still thought Jamil was going to die at the yeah, end. Yeah, because he like, it felt like he said no or like, you know, she's like, I'm wait, you know, I'm waiting for an answer too, and she's looking at him. He, he knows what she's talking about. Um, he's known for a while. I'm yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. And then he just kind of, it feels like he shrugs it off almost. And he's just like, ends up looking back like straight towards him or straight in front of him. Not, you know, I, it just feels like he shrugged it off. And um, because his you know the ending he felt like he was he was getting his uh resolution which was good like it's nice he gets like a wholesome kind of thing going on and that's where i was still afraid that he was gonna die i was like okay he's he's a complete character now he has his stuff um he's still very unsure about any kind of life after this so what else is gonna happen with him he has to die and then he doesn't, which I'm okay with. Like, I'm I'm happy then. He got a wholesome ending. He is a leader. He is having a moment with uh, the guy that he was trying to actively kill 15 years prior to that. Um, you know, in brutal combat multiple times. And they're shaking hands. They're being cool with each other. It was just really cool to see. Like, how often do we get this in Gundam? Not very often, I think. We got it for a bit in Zeta. Br- yeah, but it didn't end like that, though. It didn't end like that, though. Yeah, well, then we got counterattack. Yeah, no. Um, fucking disaster. Um, but I still, I'm still going to pretend a counterattack never happened. Amuro's <laughs> still alive. Char is out being mysterious. And they moved on past Lala. Camille pilots the double ago. Zeta. Yes. Wait, why? Anyway, Jamil. Is awesome. Was meant for him. Jam- Jamil Bidon. <laughs> that was a good one, Mark. <laughs> you know, he feels trapped. He fe- in the beginning, like of these episodes, he like says that, like he says, like I feel trapped by war or something like that. And then I feel like that never really comes into play at any other point. The L- little bits and pieces, yes. I mean, 
Actually, fuck that. Not little bits and he pieces. That's his whole thing. He feels trapped by his haunted memories. Exactly. That's like his whole thing. Like, I can't move past that. Uh, new type this. All uh, all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, he is haunted by, like, the ghosts of his past. And, and to see him finally basically overtake everything and come to a wholesome ending and just have a very satisfactory role throughout the series, it was great, you know? It was super enjoyable. I can't just call him brown-haired Quattro, even though I want to, just to tease him. But he's his own character, too. Like, he's he's pretty unique in certain ways. Um, and I I just felt like I didn't really know where he was going. And I think that's a good thing when a show can do that to you. Like, like uh, Garcelle was trying to get at, like, subvert your expectations and all that. This is a good example of subverting your expectations. Um, and being genuinely different from what you anticipated. Like, there are certain shit, like, for example, in a, a series like Victory Gundam that will oh my God. try to... <laughs> That'll try to make things seem different, but it's ultimately the same shit that we've seen before, just done worse. Um, so <laughs> this this uh, series does a good job with that. You know, Jamil, I, I uh, round of applause for him. He doesn't die. He's got a badass scar. You guys overlooked overlooked the scar. You guys just said that he looks silly without his glasses on. <laughs> Basically, he's had the scar the whole time. I know, but he's it's still there. He still looks silly. No. <laughs> All right. It's just it's just jarring to see it, him without glasses. So that's that's that is true. So I concede that. I was just trying to save my boy. But yeah, Jamil's cool. So on to our next character, Jose. Who who do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about Wits or do you want to ba- talk about Tonya? Because because their endings are very different. We're from gonna each talk other, about Wits first. <laughs> Oh, we can't talk about wits without talking about Tonya. Yeah, we're gonna talk about wits first. Wait, who else is there to talk about? We're not gonna it's talk so about stupid. the mechanic about the kid. What, what do we have to talk about with kid? <laughs> I know, I'm just. It, we already talked about his ending. <laughs> he starts his own shit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let's go with wits. All right, so wits. I do honestly feel like he probably had more development, com- uh, at least compared to Roy B. But yeah, I, no, actually, no, I don't have a butt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, I think Wits is probably, he he was one of my least favorite characters at the beginning and turned into a character I really respected in the end. Uh, just all those fights that we were talking about where the Frost Brothers would send out a new dumb villain that would fight um, Garad. Wits was always there to back him up, like, without a doubt. Like, they'd be like, oh, a new villain approaching and Wits and Garad, boom, in their mobile suits, ready to fight right away. Wits always had his back from, like, from the start of this watch through on to the end like wits was always there so i was just like dang i didn't you know this really made me appreciate him and like him a lot because he kind of lost his like attitude a little bit and he's always there to help garad even when it makes his air master like take heavy damage he's still there he's like no dude i gotta help you man like i'm in this so to me wits's character progression was fantastic in this series and probably one of the, one of my favorites overall from a character i didn't like to a character I, I really appreciated and you know i felt for and i was like dang dude him and grod tag team duo while you're talking about them also uh <laughs> dude he was he was doing work i remember that you were saying that he was like he's he's shit and he doesn't hit anybody out there <laughs> and he was going to town this time like he was freaking saving garodo uh he was his bait and then he got the kill shot on one of those guys 
What yeah, are you doing, Wits? The, the, the second one the Frost Brothers sent after him, he, uh, Wits got the kill shot on. Yeah. Oh, that weird guy? The Super yeah. Saiyan? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Super Saiyan. Yeah, when he turned evil, his hair, when he got mad, or whatever, oh, yeah, his yeah. hair went up. God. The guy with the split Super personality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's a Super Saiyan god because his hair was red. <laughs> brown that guy also had a messed up face like that other guy from (laughs) from last time dude what is it with all these people the fucked up face (laughs) the artist literally sat down he's like we need a villain for like one episode and then he just like draws this like horrible circle and then puts eyes on it and he's and they're like really that has to be (laughs) he draws squidward's circle from that art spongebob episode he looks like a tumor he looks at a tumor and then draws it and then that and then adds eyes to it and that's the character's head (laughs) looks like a fucking elephant's foot yeah he's uh yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be honest the the one thing that i was disappointed with wits is that there was never really a resolution with his family but uh, yeah uh yeah he accepts it but it was never really like in person like he had to talk with the where he's going people. at the end he's going to his, his house he did is he just in the same town why would he not go or back to town. His, it's the same place remember don't they say don't they reference? okay well i would have liked to have seen it all right i would have liked you to know. see a resolution between the family but, but you know. i get that he's going to go uh show his family his new wife no, but his mom knows that that they're cool that they're, they're cool with each other like i really thought see- I, I wanted to bait Jose so hard with that dude what part or for what reason because it's true i mean her the his freaking mom is like out at the door at the end of that episode and like smiling in the air knowing yeah oh wait when when he dropped the gold i thought yes when he dropped the end of episode 39 that thing is huge by the way that's a hell of a lot of gold yeah we talked a lot about that yes um but yeah dude she knows she got that that mother and son connection and then her new husband's probably gonna tell her when he gets home so she knows it's all good yeah but it means nothing if it's not come from wits dude wits he accepts it dude he's like yo take care of my fam yeah he still called it hell when he when he called back when he met back up with roy b with the whole oh, did you go to heaven or did you go to hell man it was hell back there <laughs> that's fucking dumb dude you know his name sounds like ritz yeah ritz vitz yeah we really never <laughs> but yeah no he only he only said it was hell because it's like you know it's weird talking to your new poppy all the time it's just it's you don't get you used to, say to poppy. it yeah. why do you have to say poppy come on man <laughs> Uh, but, that's even weird okay what do i say his 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 new dada <laughs> so, uh, we're moving on from this uh, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway he has the yeah cool stuff happening oh they have you said your piece about wits or do you want to go straight to tonya <laughs> i don't um mark covered him he's trying to well. avoid he's trying to avoid it i'm trying to avoid the pain <laughs> i mean that ibuprofen i need it right now <laughs> i got heartburn all right so <laughs> we see wits Back in his hometown, apparently. Uh, well, what's he gonna do? Oh, I already said this part. <laughs> before that, we see do? we see Wits. We see Wits at the Freedon before they take off into space that, because he knows. Similar to what Roy B did, uh, Wits confesses. Not not only confesses, motherfucker proposes. Yep. Jose, who'd, who'd he propose to? Jose, Jose, who'd he propose to? Hey, I, I gotta I'm, be I'm real. Smiling, he reco- so, smiling he, so hard right now. <laughs> he recognizes, you know, what's real. He's proposing to the best girl of the series, Tonya Malumimi. Yeah. And then it's, apparently they have, have had this connection for a while, which I did mention in part two that um, 
Wit oh, says I'll he's Wit's, Wit's, yeah. Wit says he's gonna protect her, and then he blushes. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in the foreshadowing, first part, they were they interacted more frequently. While well, it was more kind of like butting heads, but it was yeah. one of those uh, oh, they they're they're into each other kind of butting heads. He's pretty much always yelling at her. Shut up. You're stupid. He's he's actually like a little kid trying to express himself. Like I was about know. to say, he's like a twelve year old with a crush. Exactly. Um, this guy. He's crushing it, all right. Yeah. Fuck out of here. He <laughs> 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 gotta do this. It's over. You, hey, Jose, did you see? Did, did you see how many kids his dad had? Mm. <laughs> oh, dude, just imagine. He's gonna double that. Yeah, well, you know what? She left his ass on the street, and, uh, along with Roy being. So, fuck it. But she said, I'll meet you there. I don't remember seeing that, so it didn't happen. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, regardless of Jose, uh, so yeah, so Tonya's ending is that she ends up with, um, Wits. Wits. It's nice and I- sweet. Oh yeah, and you know what else happens? You know what else happens? She's like looking at that ring. She's like, "What the hell is this?" Oh yeah, he just proposed. You know, he's just he's there. You know, I, I guess we've been feeling each other. Uh, so feel- where's her where's her spunking energy up. there? Yeah, she's 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 still out there. She's <laughs> yeah. Anyway, wow. <clears throat> anyway, so um, what else are you guys gonna say about that? About Tonya, Whoa. about best girl. There's honestly not much to say. It, it's <clears throat> sweet. Yes, she's sweet. She um has little moments in which she is expressing herself. Missing um Anil and 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 then oh wait a second. I don't. Know. I will I say her there's... friendship with as was they they bring up Anil. Her friendship with Anil is it, it, what's the word? Kind of disappeared. Well, I mean, it was still there. Just no, it's always always been there. Yeah. I'm just saying, considering how critical we were about Anil, it's nice seeing that they have a friendship. Yes. It's funny how she kind of just ends up on the ship, and I was ex- I was kind of thinking that when that would happen, if that happened, there would be, like, some heartfelt reunion between her and, and Anil. Like, oh, you know, my friend's back and this kind of stuff, but that didn't happen. Probably because of time constraints, I'm assuming. Probably. They just, yeah, they just didn't give, like, any kind of acknowledgement, especially, like, it's kind of funny just because like they were really like pushing how how hard it, it was it was uh hurting tonia like you know we gave that whole dinner like uh from the last batch of episodes that we watched like tifa's focus was tonia and like oh you know she's feeling really sad you know missing her friend and this person and all that kind of stuff and then it kind of just dissipates <laughs> it, it's not something that's like done abruptly horribly or anything it's not enough to like it's nothing bad enough to hurt the series in any kind of way it's mostly just kind of like oh well you know it just happens it's like it's like coming home at night and you're not wanting to wake anybody up so you're just tiptoeing and you're closing the door very softly and then and then you have to start recording a podcast but yeah that's pretty much like that. Anyway, to uh, simp, um, more about Tonya. You know, I gotta, I gotta give mad props to, uh, again, Tonya's VA, the uh, voice actress who is Kotono Mitsuishi. Um, you know, she's Usagi in most of the iterations of Sailor Moon, uh, even up to you know, from Sailor Moon R, Sailor Moon S, uh, even up to the modern day Sailor Moon Crystal, and is going to be voicing uh, Usagi again in the new Sailor Moon movie that is coming out, which I'm very excited about. But, um, you know, she's also uh, other iconic characters like Boa Hancock in One Piece, Mai Shiranui in the Fatal Fury movies, uh, and uh, 
She is, I gotta throw this in just for me, because core values, but she's also Christy in all of the Dead or Alive games, yeah, and the fan service, the Dead or Alive Extreme games, which, uh, you know, that's cool, even though she's only in the first one, but still. Yeah, she's awesome, does a great job for Tonya's character, makes her very expressive, makes her very memorable like that. Um, It's just awesome to hear her, mad props to that voice actress, and uh, yeah, Tonya's best girl, living life. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much most of what I have to say. So do we have to make, like, a Jose Simp Hour now? <laughs> it's always been there. <laughs> it's not on the docket, but it's always there. <laughs> we just never know when. Well, we know when. <laughs> yeah, we get it. We have an idea. <laughs> Alright, let's finish off our characters. Let's let's go ahead and talk about Garan and Tifa. Ah, dude, I, I love these two. They're um, great characters. Yeah, yeah. What do you, uh, first off, what are your thoughts, Garcelle? I want to hear you first. Why do you gotta fucking do this to me? <laughs> just because I know that Mark <laughs> and I will probably have a lot to say, so. Yeah, I know you guys are gonna have to say a lot to say. That's why I want you guys to say it. I don't have to <laughs> say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> all right so garan and tifa honestly take take it for me like they are my favorite characters my favorite characters my favorite uh, couple in as of right now all of gundam like <laughs> listen camille my boy i love you i project onto you a lot but garan is just he's he's just such, such he does not have that many flaws like Listen, as much as I like Camille's anger, it is very much a detriment to him. But Garot, he's smart. He knows. He's sneaky. He, he he can do all this shit. And he's not a new type. He's not special in any goddamn way. And he's a one hell of a pilot. Tifa completely grew on me. As uh, one of our main criti- criticisms was that she had no agency. She's kind of just there moving the plot forward. But as the series goes on, you see her interacting more with Garad, interacting with everybody. You see her smiling, you see her laughing. You see how she's becoming her own person at this point. You see that she's sacrificing herself so to save people, how she's willingly going to places Similar to what Shakti would do, but you know, not causing major problems. I really like these characters. They are my benchmark for being, well, they're not my, I like these characters. I love them. I don't see any other characters dethroning them anytime soon. Skip what <laughs> all right well um i'm sure you guys can articulate better than me yeah well i was I, not expecting to say um, anything i think that mark sums things up really uh really well in terms of character arcs and i feel like he'll do a good job so i want to go right now after you um garcil in that um i'm just pretty much gonna Mark's talk about be good moments. yes mark is good um but you know he garudo um he's a great character like he's just a really great character um like you were saying camille definitely has those detriments like of anger towards him and yeah he does correct them but i mean still in certain ways they kind of like play into his personality and they're still ultimately a detriment that's something that's good about his character and character his character writing in general um, I like how Gorodo started off as a character that I just did not like. I did not gravitate towards. He was just everything annoying to me that the first three, you know, Amaro, Camille, or more like Judao, and uh, part of Camille maybe? And Uso. Like I said, he was the, the most annoying portions of those characters rolled into one. And now he's so endearing. He's so, he grows a lot. He's um, really well written. 
and he's really likable. You know, he has an excellent teamwork with his comrades. Um, he stumbles, he humbles himself at others' praises. You know, somebody's telling him, like, oh, you know, you're strong, that prince guy. And he's like, no, I'm not strong. He's like, he basically pulls a solid snake. He's like, I'm no hero. He's like, uh, and, and all that kind of stuff. And he inspires other young men, uh, like that little Estardo president that he was talking about. Uh, or that he was talking to. It's my bad. Um, you know, kid, the kid points this out, too. Like, he straight up tells him, hey, he's like, hey, you're inspiring. And, uh, but, you know, he grows, he's, he's, he was attached to the, to Tifa's hit before, and now he's, like, independent, paying attention to the world around him, which is great for his growth. Um, you know, unfortunately, this affects Tifa slightly, um, in a negative way at, at a certain point, but it serves the story very well, and it bounces off, and it continues forward with that, and it's rectified. It's in a very satisfactory way. Um, you know, he has little moments like fuck yo colony laser and destroys it like a thug. Um, and, uh, in episode 35, he starts, uh, succumbing to the very real temptations of the flesh. You know, he, he's eyeing Tifa's neck with the thirst of a schoolboy. And, uh, so he's just a real, he's a real character while being awesome in so many very, in so many ways, honestly. So, um, real quick. Big props to Garodo. He's definitely top tier M- uh, MC. He's just great. So with that, take it away, Mark. So at the beginning of this series, the first thing I told Jose and Garcil is that Garod was reminded me a lot of Judo. And Garad is judo done right. He has the characteristics of judo as being an independent individual who can basically live for himself like he doesn't need the freedom he doesn't need like anybody but he he also can live with them and can interact with them um and he does it in a way that makes it so all the other characters want to be his friend like he just has a personality that glows and shines throughout the series and at the beginning you know jose in particular was a little weary of his character because he came off as standoffish and that quickly went away. And now Garad is was a staple of the Freedom at the end. And an overall fantastic character. And in this arc in particular, we saw a lot of... Or in the many little arcs that we had throughout this watch through. We saw a lot of changes in Garad. A lot of growth. And um, his interactions with certain characters changed and developed. In particular, Tifa. Jose pointed out that there was a portion where Garad becomes a little more independent. And... He's focusing on his mobile suit more than Tifa. And this was an interesting arc because it definitely showed that, well, it was an opportunity for Tifa to come into her own during this period because she had always been over-reliant on Garad and expected Garad to always be there for her no matter what, without her saying anything to him, without her interacting with him. Just kind of, you know, that that comfort feeling she she expected it to always be there. However, Garad had to take his mobile suit piloting more seriously because they were coming across more conflicts. And I felt like this arc was this was one of my favorite arcs because it established like it established that Tifa wanted Garad and was willing to break out of whatever shell she was in to finally get up the courage to to say, Garad, I'm here. Turn around, turn around, I'm I'm behind you, I'm right here, I'm always with you. I want you to always be with me. 
And I think, you know, this, I was just so in, in awe at how well they, they made this whole thing work. Like for a couple episodes, you see Garot and you start to notice like, wait, he's not, he's not with Tifa anymore. He's not paying attention to her. And then you notice Tifa being like a little more awkward than usual. And then there's an episode where it's kind of, it, it expresses this like straight out. And then you notice, oh yeah, Garot's definitely working on his mobile suit and talking to Royby and Wits and Kid way more than than tifa right now and then they you know they do the whole explanation thing about why tifa's feeling this way and in the end garad's like i'll never leave you again and it's just like like dang he's like this little kid or well 15 year old kid who who realizes that tifa needs him and realizes that he wants to be around her too and that was that was my favorite arc of this of this whole series was was that but garad also like another powerful moment that I, in the series is when tifa gets taken to space um you can just see like and, and hear in the voice actor's voice how helpless garad feels in that moment because he's fighting he's doing all this and then he realizes that tifa's taken and he's like i can't get into space like she's there and I'm not going to be able to get her back. No, like there's no way for me to get her back. And he's just sitting there with this like blank look in his eye and everyone runs over and tries to comfort him and, you know, talk to him. And he's just staring like into nothing. And that was a really powerful moment for me. And then the doctor shows him the picture that Tifa drew of them sitting together. And he just like breaks down crying. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I, f I feel that hard. And I thought the Frost brothers were going to come in and ruin that whole scene. Luckily they don't. And, um, but yeah, that just the way that those, they played those two characters together was, was fantastic. It was like, it was the best character development and growth I've ever seen in any of these Gundam series we've watched. Like I, I like rain and Domon, but they don't build that up quite as well as they probably should have, you know, all the other Gundam characters, you know, Fa and Camille, like that's to me that wasn't really too believable um but garad and tifa like that's like set in stone they're together and then they finally have their little moment looking at the moon right before everybody's doing their like planning to go assault space like they know they might not come back so they have their little moment and uh, just just fantastic overall fan the the best the best garcil and jose both hit the nail on the head. This is the best. Garcil's right. This is these are the best characters. <laughs> like, there's it's gonna be very hard to to beat these two characters and to do all of this in 39 episodes. Spectacular, spectacular. Whoever directed this, which I don't have off the top of my head, um, like mastermind, masterpiece. All the props to him. Best Gundam series up to this point. I honestly was not expecting anything to overtake Zeta for a good long while. We gotta we gotta give them props. Shinji Takamatsu. He's the director. <laughs> I looked it up. <laughs> Wait, Hiroyuki. Well, yeah, because they like Kawasaki. I read the that they, I read that they, they told this guy on episode twenty six, like, oh, you don't get all, all fifty. Like, you, you have, you know, thirteen more. That's all you get. And so he had this whole story planned out. Luckily, and I think he uh, condensed it, which is amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. Like we could see where certain threads got had to be cut, but it doesn't, it doesn't like ruin it in any way. Yeah, well, I read that episode 26 was the the point at which he knew that um that he was being limited on an episode. So I was like, oh, it's going to this is when it's going to start to sour and it doesn't. And I was like, wow, it actually it gets better for a little bit. 
and then they go into space and you can you can tell it's rushed a little bit uh, like it's uh, up to that point it's just it's, it's great it's it's easily watchable you all you always want to know what's happening next um and yeah overall fantastic show yeah when it comes to like uh first off props to my boy uh garudo for getting the smooch with tifa um oh that was so adorable the yes. kiss was just the that was wholesome that was like, and that legit had me like oh <laughs> you know i was as um the shipper glasses came out and <laughs> it was it was cute it was adorable um you know since i totally forgot to say anything about tifa like when i was <laughs> i was just talking about good old them but you guys are uh, talking about tifa so I'll just throw my two cents in on her real quick because it's not too much. Mark covered everything super well. Um, I just thought it was mostly really cute how she was using Garodo as a model for her drawing. It was really precious and she was all smiles and it was just very sweet and endearing. (laughs) She's great in every way that you guys described her. I agree completely. Um, Thinking of her now, this is kind of random, but thinking of her now in the broad scope of the Gundam series... She almost somewhat feels like a hero Yui in a female body, but just kind of a lot better and more wholesome and, and you know, awesome. <laughs> She's nothing like hero no. Yui. <laughs> no, no, not in, not, not, not like in terms of like in, in depth, just like on the outer layer. Like she's quiet. She's very reserved. I know this Quiet. is kind of weird, but this I is mean, legit. This is legit. The only, I don't know why. This is just my. This is my thought. <laughs> but no, she's just better in every way. She's. She is. I yep. agree. The best female lead for sure up to this point. Um, you know, she is the benchmark. She is the top, and we know who's on the bottom. <laughs> well, do you do you want to so, say who's on the bottom, Mark? <laughs> they all know who's on the bottom. Everybody, <laughs> but knows. but uh. I think the main, like, one of the main things that is really well done about this series is that Garad is so patient with Tifa. Like, he mm. never lashes out at her for anything. Like, we saw Amaro slap Fa and belittle Fa, or not Fa, um, <laughs> Frabo. Uh, we saw Camille. <laughs> Because we saw Camille like belittle and talk down to Fa all the time. Yeah. Um. Uso, he didn't like. No. Yeah. He and, cared for Shakti, but he was also willing to just like forget her. Yeah. Uh. And Judo, you know, always messing with the the girls, always like harassing them and stuff, and talking down to them. Um, but Garad, he just, he's so patient. He's like always looking out for Tifa, always thinking about her, except for like when he, when he forgets, but it's like a reasonable forget. Like he's like, yeah. oh, I gotta, I gotta do this. This is one of the responsibilities come in. And he doesn't get mad when like they tell him, like when they're like, ah, oh, Tifa, Tifa's like, she's feeling like you're forgetting her. And then he's like, <gasps> and he immediately, he's like rushes to her side and he's exactly. right there. Like, it's not like, ah, oh, she can wait. I got this mission. No, it's exactly. t- drop everything. Tifa, she needs me. Um, and that, uh, that's just, I, I don't know. I really appreciated that. That was one of my favorite parts of the series. Just to see Garad never like, cause you always see like, like the shows are for kids, little kids and you all like little 
little boys always usually tease little girls and stuff like that. But this series kind of showed like, you know, be nice to them. You exactly. don't know what they're going through. That is exactly, <laughs> that's what I was going to get off right, like right after you finish your point right there. That is, uh, sorry if I just kind of jumped in, but like, I it just, that uh, excited me. That is exactly what I was thinking. Like this series is, it's like directed and written by some people that actually know how to treat, you know, uh, a significant other. Um, an aforementioned pair more uh, of some kind you know it's just like like the other series like now that you point that out um you know that since they're aimed at like little kids little boys like they should they're just like why are they freaking talking down all to everybody all the time why are they showing these things like for example i love zeta zeta gundam but um like like you guys had mentioned before the camille just kind of ending up with fa it's kind of like funny or it's weird just because they have moments here and there but they're very little moments and it's basically just kind of they end up because they end up together because Poor they nice. started off together <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like they were just friends at first and it didn't feel like there's anything there and yeah it's for pretty much just like oh well, we we can't leave camille by himself so you know, Fa stuck around even though he was like talking shit to her sometimes. Same thing with Dolmon. Um, even though they had, they it was definitely handled better there, but still, you know, not as great as. Yeah, Dolmon's a dick. Dude, yes, yes. So these series, um, I appreciate how this one basically is telling little kids, hey, you know, like you said, be nice to be nice to your girl. Yeah, like Garad is like he's he's tough mm -hmm. and he still has a like a like a heart like yeah he's he he's not insecure i guess like all the other characters are super insecure and garage like the first one where we're like he's he's not like he's a yeah. he's manly but he's always like by his by his chick yeah. and like like it's like you said right there um it's actually perfect in this series because he does start off as in some way insecure or mostly i mean yeah actually that's a good way to put it insecure because he's trying to keep to himself to protect himself um and that is you know how i had perceived in the beginning uh, that's a huge <laughs> defect to his character that i did not like and the series goes on to make him grow to write him well to rectify that you know he feels like he grows organic. yes he feels organic he just he, he moves forward not like some of the other characters that it's just like it just stays there and it, the problem just kind of feels like or like it, it's forced to fade away but it doesn't feel organic. So, and I also like how Garad, he always in in situations in which Tifa wants to do something, he's always like, "All right, well, you're all like, you want to do this, right?" And she's like, "Yeah." And then he's like, "Okay." Like mm -hmm. he doesn't try and talk her out of it or like talk her down. He's like, "She knows what she wants to do. Who am I to say no?" Like like she wants to go to Dome. We're going to Dome. Not no questions asked. That's where we're going. She wants to uh, everyone to go into into the facility that's what's gonna happen i'm not gonna stop her <laughs> like yeah yeah true ride or die they just uh tifa tifa and garudo forever um and uh, now that you had uh mentioned something actually oh my gosh i'm brain farting i was about to say something but uh, yeah no they're just they're great they are i gotta find out if there's a manga <laughs> that, that, that extends it oh you know oh now i remember what i was gonna say it um i was like internally combating myself you know there's 
like I was combating the cynical portion of my brain that was like, uh, Tifa is, you know, she's still just reliant on Garad because she just wants to go everywhere where she wants or he wants or whatever. But that's the thing. That's the thing that's actually really lovely with their relationship is that it feels like genuine love between them and like they care about each other. That's not, that's not a good, that's not a bad thing. Like just, she wants to be with him. What? You know, the heart wants what the heart wants, and it's good. It conveys that. It doesn't shy away from that. And I love that it ultimately just wins me over and makes me feel, like, good inside. It's very wholesome. Good stuff. Great stuff. All right. All right. So, uh, Professor Morales, how would you give us a bit of information on the double X? All right. So, to talk about the double X, I must first talk about the, the Gundam X. G- the GX. GX. But I want to preface this by saying that although the show is called Gundam X... <laughs> Um, I felt like while, while, while you watched it, you really realized that there wasn't too much about like the Gundam, <laughs> like they, they get in it, but Garad doesn't care. Like, like he just thinks of it as, as a machine that he can like sell, get rid of. So I'm prefacing that by, because there's not a lot of information on the Gundam X or the double X. Yeah, you wonder why, but what there is, is a little bit of information. So I'm going to tell you that. All right. So the GX 9900 Gundam X was a mobile suit developed at the end of the Seventh Space War to be used by new types. So it had two main features. Aside from like a stronger chassis than than other mobile suits, it was equipped with the satellite cannon, which used microwaves, which we see in the show, that were deployed from a lunar microwave facility, which is that little satellite dumb thing that shoots a beam. So the energy of the microwave is absorbed by the chest unit and then it's stored in that backpack section. And that's why it has those like weird honeycomb wings. They look like reflectors, but... um, So initially while watching the series, we noticed that Tifa is in the GX with the garage and she's the one who activates the initial microwave beam. However... From that point on, Garad is able to do it by himself. Um, this is explained as a new type is required on f- on first activation of the microwave system and the satellite cannon, but then thereafter, that user's brainwaves are registered in the system, and I guess that unit that they were in is registered as well, and then they're from that point on, they're able to just access the system at will, whoever's piloting. Um, so the backpack that stores the the microwave energy it can either output it into the satellite cannon which is a devastating beam that is meant to blow up colonies or it can use the energy output in slight other ways like it can be used to increase speed or um levitate um but but aside from that there's not really too much other information on the the gx um the gx 9901DX Gundam X. Um, it has all the features of the GX. It's actually, as we know from watching the series, it's based off of Jamil's old Gundam X, and therefore a lot of the same features are still within the X. There's some slight alterations. Um, we see that Garad is able to use the G-Con from the, the Gundam X in the X. although the X does have its own G-Con. Since they used um, Jamil's old Gundam X as like the basis, it still works with the, the, the old G-Con. Um, the Gundam X is a new satellite system called the Satellite System Mark II. Um, this system has a larger reflector unit and radiator plates, and it also has radiator plates on the limbs that increase the microwave absorption and therefore the power. Um, both units are equipped with the flash system, which is a system to be used by a new type to control bit mobile suits, which we saw all those bit mobile suits also had like some form of the the satellite cannon equipped to them. Um, 
But other than that, there's really not too much to say about these units. Um, they're just they have really powerful beams. Um, they are equipped with several other weapons uh, that we saw, like Vulcans and beam sabers the the gx has hyper beam sabers which are more powerful which is i think jose noticed that they were longer um they have a higher output than the regular gx so they're kind of like the double zetas giant ass beam sabers smaller but yes yeah like similar like they have a really high output um and they're shaped like a pirate sword (laughs) yeah they're freaking thick yeah but yeah, that's that's pretty much it on the on the units. Um, there wasn't also there also wasn't too much on the Airmaster or the Leopard, um, aside from just noting their main gimmicks, which is the flight and the artillery, and that the the Leopard was not meant to be used in any other scenario aside from ground. Well, that's yeah, honestly kind of sad that there's not that much information on it on these mobile suits. I was how fucking cool they are. Uh, yeah, they look they look awesome. I was genuinely surprised that the, the, there was so little information. There might be more that you can scrounge around, but for the most part, that was pretty much it. Well, we're talking about mobile suits in general. The mobile suit with the wire, uh, the second one that they had fought during this batch of episodes, uh, it was like fucking people up with strings. I think it looked like a fucking potato. Just needed to throw that in. Yeah, those are trash. (laughs) And you'll note that I didn't care to mention uh, my two least favorite characters suits because I don't care. (laughs) Now, that's kind of the thing because the Sago is actually looks kind of cool. It looks exactly like uh, the Epion. The Epion, which is yes. probably the only reason it looks cool. But as a giant ass chest laser, that's also pretty cool. Yeah, you'll notice a lot of uh, similarities between <laughs> um, these Gundams and the later Wing Gundams, and that's because the director of this series also uh, had a part to play in some of Wing. So it might be why you see some of those similarities. <laughs> they had the Unibeam. Uh, the trash beam that literally did nothing took like 60 hours to charge and couldn't hit anything dude that's true and then and freaking got all those uh double double um that thing just like charged up like instantly with the freaking satellite <laughs> or the the moon and then it, it had more power than that other trash thing that those turd the frost turds were using so and they had to dock <laughs> right since we haven't talked about it in the last two parts how about we get into the music uh then mark you cut in what we talked about prior duh, duh, duh. what do you guys think about the second opening Rush! second opening I, is bad now i don't <laughs> think it's bad i still don't see the hype for the first one i i don't i like this song sped up <laughs> and you hate the song no i i, I think it's fine I don't hate it. I don't like it. All right. Uh... I think it sounds nice sped up. Other than that, I like it. It's fine. It's not. It's not horrible. All right. The sap. The second. Honestly, opening. I listen. <laughs> I'm just gonna say this because I have way less to say about it than Jose. Uh, I listened to it one time and then never listened to it again. I have no <laughs> desire to either. So that's it. Okay. The second opening I, is. I just, think, I just think it's very slow. I think it'd be better sped up or faster. <laughs> Listen, I watched a lot of this series, like 1.5, 1.75. I ran out of time. Where was I go? <laughs> uh, the, the second opening is not on. <laughs> it freaking sucks, dude. It just sucks. Okay, it's not only not as good as the first one, it sucks hard. No, it's like one of the worst opening songs to Gundam 
that I think, you know, of the ones that we have watched, it's definitely the worst, in my opinion. It's worse than, than even anything in Victory, which actually had pretty good intro songs for the most part. Or intro song, talking about the first one. <clears throat> but. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, like, uh, the first one really raised the bar. It was hype as hell. It, it was great all around. It, it was a bop. Um, but the second one just sounds like a brass section of a marching band at a football game. Just blasting their horns out. And just, uh, just with no sense of direction. Uh, it actually kind of reminded me partially of that freaking Spongebob episode, the band one. Like, you know, when they're trash in the beginning. Um, it's, you know, it's just lame. It doesn't get any better. Uh, which usually whenever I didn't like a song throughout the series so far that we've watched, uh, like I wouldn't like them in the beginning and then they'll grow on to me. They'll be like catchy little tunes like, Animation I thought that was annoying as shit the first time that I heard it. And, but by the end of the series, I was, I was like singing along to the freaking song and uh, I enjoyed it. And this one just doesn't hit in the same way. It doesn't grow. It doesn't get any better. It's not It's not fun. It never picks up. Uh, it doesn't contain anything particularly entertaining to listen to. It just sounds really generic, really run-of-the-mill. It's just a real letdown after that magnificent intro, you know, from uh, the original first uh, GX opening. Um, not to knock the artist or the singer, you know, they were great. Nothing wrong with the way that they sang. It was just, it just, the song just lacked energy. It lacked catchiness. It just, uh, it wasn't hidden for me, personally. So, you know, kind of sucks to end the series like that. So that anybody listen to the new ending? No. The first one traumatized me, so I didn't listen to the second one. Wow. Uh, I just didn't listen to the second one because it would kick in every single time, like, when the preview would start. So I just yeah. wouldn't look at the screen and just click next. Again, not, not a fan of the next episode preview showing up as soon as the ending starts. It's, it's it's not cool it's not good i don't like it i hope i don't see it again because i don't yeah. want to get spoiled yeah speaking of that uh first ending that mark hate hated uh it played during the very end during the last portion yeah, of mark, the series i know yeah. i freaking had to listen to it fuck yeah dude that was good mm, it was i told dude, you oh, that song no that song freaking fit dude everybody was like getting hitched basically everybody was having their happily ever after everybody was getting their wholesome little moments that song hit the lyrics were right in the right place the thing was going dude it was it, the ships were all sailing and that was the tune the that trash. they were sailing to no no it's, no it's a fitting song for tifa garage relationship exactly Especially if you listen to the lyrics exactly dude, a yes. fitting song to the frost brothers no the trash. <laughs> no <laughs> what does it end on the frost brothers no get that get those stalkers out of here we can we can cut that part out of out of the ending the frost lovers one more note to bring up. Uh, Karius shows up again. Oh, yeah. Jose didn't yes. want him to, but he did. No, but this, this, the way that but it, it happened was fine, here. It, does, it doesn't fuck up his ending. Exactly. It's the perfect way that they could have brought him in. Another testament to the great writing of this show. Actually, I'm pretty here. sure he shows up just like how Orpes, like how Jose thought he'd show up, like coming in to save everybody. Yeah. Oh, that was nice. Bring him in. It was nice. It was, yeah, it's cool. It was very cool to see him. But yeah. Well, with that, I think we can put an end to the series. With that, I have one last side note. Of course you do. That I, yes, that's right. Again, as uh, one more time, because uh, 
you know, earlier we didn't, you know, or nobody really touched on it and uh, gave enough credit to Urena, who was the pianist oh that Roy God. B was tapping, you know, and he was just being a juggler. I just this red mark. No, no, no. <laughs> when she, okay, when she, it's funny. She's cool. She deserves attention because she roasts him. It's funny. Her own team's trying to get at her and she's standing her ground and she's like dragging an outsider to our fight is wrong. And even if it's uh, for our freedom, forcing someone to act against their will and what uh, is what the new UNE does. And she's freaking right. Um, rest in peace, you sexy pianist with thick, lovely eyebrows and luscious long hair. Uh, her friend is a thug too. He's uh, you know, he's straight kamikaze ran into a group of soldiers with a grenade in his shirt. Savage thug life, and uh, that's that. That's all, folks. And with that, I think we can call it. This series was probably the biggest surprise. I did not think I was gonna like it as much as I did. Yes, I did not think I was gonna like this series at all. Once I saw the thirty-nine episode count, I'm like, there's a reason they 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 cut it. But it's what is that? Reason. I don't know what the reason is. Yeah, yeah I assumed. Never assume. It's very this sad. this is the tragedy how is it so good yeah dude it's an injustice dude this is an injustice how can a series like this brilliance uh you know fucking 39 episodes when victory gets 51 51 fucking episodes dude i can't believe it dude what kind of glue were they huffing what kind of ass were they sniffing it's just no it's just it's not right this these for the longest time, it's just, it's just bothered me now. You know, I've had nightmares about it at this point. Uh, you know, I could still hear them taunting Gundam X. Like, <laughs> you're not <laughs> getting a whole series. Okay, Mark, what's next? We're, we're going back to Gundam Wing, right? I see your love. Yes, we're going right, back Deep to Gundam Wing. Deepika will be joining us once more. We'll be yes. covering the three OV episodes and the movie because apparently there's like uh, 20 minutes of extra scenes or what? Yeah, I heard there's uh, slight differences, a couple added scenes in the movie that amount to enough to where I feel like uh, we should watch it. But we also don't want to make the mistake that we did originally and not watch the original cut because why there's like significantly less watch time than we usually do. So why not watch both? I still can't believe the OVA is only three episodes. I for sure thought it was six. No. Or after Endless Waltz, it's turn A, right? Yes. And, that, <laughs> and after that, we're we're into modern Gundam, right? More in uh, a transition to the new. What is it? What? We're we're into a new century at that point. Hey, we're finally out of the nineties. We're out of the nineties and into the live action with. Oh God, no! <laughs> <laughs> with G Savior. So if. If uh, you want to catch that, yeah, uh, first you got to get through uh, us and Gundam Tipico talking about uh, Endless Waltz. And then turn but, A. And turn A. But with that... G-Savior, uh, fucking Christ, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, G-Savior is a stepping stone to the Build series. So uh, once we get ourselves to watch G-Savior... No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, uh, uh, this concludes our series on Gundam X which will go down as one of the greatest Gundam series uh, we've seen probably ever. It has to at least be like top five. Daku approved. Yeah, it has our stamp of approval. Gundam um, X is number one for me, man. Gundam X is right now is number one for me as well. I I would rewatch. Uh, 
I would not rewatch Victory. Um, we have to say that every episode, so that if somebody just randomly starts watching one of these and not start from the beginning, that they know not to watch Victory. Right up, sorry, all episodes like, hey, we here at Zakutaku don't recommend watching Victory. <laughs> yeah, we should just and have a, a intro. We should have Jose just make a generic disclaimer at the beginning. We at Zakutaku do not support or validate Victory Gundam. It is trash. <laughs> don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be willing to do that. You're better off watching F91. Yeah, yeah, because you only have to sit through an hour of trash instead of like <laughs> 51 episodes of garbage. <laughs> All right, end this off. All right, well, we'll Mark, see you what's next. Our socials. So, if you want to follow us on Instagram, uh, that's where Jose posts all the memes. Um, if you don't have an Instagram, I try and upload every episode on Twitter as well. But uh, those are the two that we use. Um, you can find us there. Uh, you can also find us wherever you get your podcast. I found out recently that we are also on Apple Podcasts. So if that's where you want to be, that's when you want to watch. Uh, go ahead, check us out there. We're on Spotify. We're on all these other ones that, off the top of my head, I don't know, but we're there. You so probably yeah, don't either. <laughs> but yeah, we're on the two main ones. So go ahead and give us uh, give us a listen and follow us on Instagram. And yeah, interact with us. We're, we're we love to see what you guys say about certain shows. Uh, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, if you like Victory Gundam, you might want to keep that to yourself. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, tell him to be co uh maybe one day we'll get him to watch victory again but yeah not anymore all right don't watch victory